Well, folks, welcome along once more to the Irish F1 show. We're live on Facebook, YouTube, and on Twitter. We're also going live here on Instagram. Now, unfortunately, in relation to the Instagram stream, you're only going to see my big ugly head for the next uh, half an hour or so because the interface, as I was saying the other day on our uh, live broadcast, doesn't allow for the right format to, to stream three heads. And when you have a head the size of mine coupled with the size of Barry Rabbits and, uh, and Richard Carney's, it's hard to work anyway, even in a 16 by 9 format. So uh, that's where we're at for the next 30 minutes or so. Uh, if you are tuned in, give us a message there on Instagram or drop us a message underneath uh, Facebook, Twitter or on YouTube. We'll try to get that over the next half an hour of that. Uh, we are in association, as always, with uh, PFT Travel, who we thank for their support throughout the uh, F1 season. And uh, Rapco, who have been very good to us also. Um, now... Well, we're on the topic. Send out that backdrop there. Uh, we've half of Ayrton Senna either side of my shoulder. I'd love an Irish F1 show backdrop. Uh, so I'll get her out there as quickly as you can. I think Rapco signs like be tuned in uh, actually on the on the Instagram. So maybe we can get that out to us fairly shortly. But uh, you're not going to be able to see by out on Instagram, but we can see him here up on our screen, uh, which will be going out on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. How are you, first of all, Barry? You don't look too bad. I'm all right. No, I'm all right. I'm still still on the holidays for uh, so it's another, another couple of days, but uh. Yeah, enjoying the good weather here down in Spain. And, uh, you see, found another palm tree to perch under. I was going to say, you're like you're like George the Jungle. You're hanging over every tree you can get overseas there the last two weeks. The last time you were on a different <laughs> tree, I thought it was the same one, man. But yeah, you're loving life, aren't you? Yeah, there's no shortage of trees to, uh, to, 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 to lean against over here at the minute. It's we're trying to find a quiet spot. It's fairly, uh, there's, there's kids and pools all around me, so I'm going to hide out and find somewhere where there's not too much background noise. It's... Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's not a bad way to watch a Grand Prix on a Sunday. No, it's not. Now, uh, we are waiting on Mr. Richard Carney. Uh, I do believe he's going to join us very, very shortly. Obviously, Richie is slightly laid up still. Um, so we'll allow him the uh, the, the time difference to, to get here. Even though Barry's the one operating off a real-time difference at the moment, we will give Richie a bit of slack. Um, he's, had, he's had a tough weekend of it as well. So while we're doing that, we will uh, chat to Mr. Rabbit here about what he thought of... The events over the last hour or two at Monza. Um, I suppose would underwhelming be a good way of putting this bar? Yeah, it was a bit, yeah. I mean, Monza typically a, a one stop uh race, which can you know in itself can kind of limit your options of what's gonna happen. Of course, it's you lose a lot of time in the pits relative to any other track because of the, the speed down the straight when you're stopped, the cars are doing literally two hundred mile an hour while you're doing whatever it is, eighty or sixty kilometers, whatever it is in the pit lane. So um yeah, it's generally a one-stop race, and you know it's not the easiest track to overtake on. It's not, you know, if you have a big pace advantage, yes, um, but it's it's not a matter. I mean, I think Satan was only nineteen overtaking maneuvers in the whole of the race last year, um, so yeah, a little bit underwhelming. Um, you know exactly what we thought would happen. Verstappen, did, you know, kept his kept his nose clean the first chicane and the first lap, um, and then basically got the head down and within whatever it was, four or five laps, he was up to P2 and had undone all of his engine penalty, you know, in the space of 10 minutes, basically, at the start of the race and was back on an even or near enough even footing with, with Leclerc. Um, so once we seen that happening so quick, I think it was it was obvious how it was really going to pan out. And then it was only for the, you know, the slightly offbeat strategy that Ferrari tried when the VSE came out that mixed it up slightly. Um, and of course, then the, safety car at the end gave us a little bit of a hope of a grandstand finish but it didn't happen after all but yeah there was not, not a whole pile happening you know a few little smaller stories going on through it 
Um, Alonso retiring out of his the, the, the race that made him joint most experienced race starts ever with Raikkonen, I believe. So unfortunate to see him stopping. Um, not sure if it was connected. He came on and did a bit of a GP2 engine type uh, radio message to to the pit, to the pits when they they told him there was his engine was actually all right, and he said he was like, "Wow," as in. It's not all right, lads. <laughs> it's a bit slow. But then he retired a couple of later, a couple of laps later. So maybe that was connected. Um, yeah, and then the freeze, good, good, good showing from the freeze. He he definitely uh, put his calling card out there for next year. Um, jumped into the car, with only twenty minutes in practice session three before qualifying in place of Albon, and brought it home to score a couple of points in his debut. You know, five or six positions ahead of Latifi, um, who's been in the car the last few years. So. Yeah, they're the, they're the talking points of the race itself, and then of course, I'm sure we get on to the, the 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 Ricardo incident at the end that 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 brought out the safety car, which you know could have been handled differently, maybe. Yeah, we'll get into the meat and drink of it. Uh, a few comments coming in here on uh, Instagram. As we said, don't be afraid to send them in on Instagram or on uh, Facebook or on uh, YouTube. The comments on Twitter are not exactly the easiest to find on our interface, but we will have a little look. Uh, directly on Twitter to see can we get to some of those but uh, Connor Malotny has said couldn't hack the Wexford rain you're damn right Connor. Uh we're obviously down for uh, the Wexford stages rally a little bit uh, earlier on this morning Barry where it was absolutely pissed now with a far cry from where you are at the minute and uh, we, we came back to get a bit of heat into the body Rocco signs say soon pal that's in relation to that missing sign that's supposed to be here for the last six weeks <laughs> but uh, yeah so lads thanks a million again for the, for the support I know I'm only having a bit of a laugh uh yeah so uh that's the that's the the jack and rory we're going to the meet and drink of this so we kept some statistics uh throughout the race and i think in particular you know you've touched on it briefly the fact that max was able to get from seventh up to second so quickly within five laps i, I thought that was amazing now look people argue uh this gentleman here behind me um in a matter of a couple of laps gained five or six places at one particular stage back in was it 93 that famous race the european grand prix um and, uh, yeah yeah it was pissing rain as well actually for for what it's worth but um yeah i think a little, still, a still pretty impressive barry and I, i'm going to try in a few into this because there was a few in that category carlos science going from uh 19 to was wasn't it up to 10 to six laps um seventh within 10 laps and then fourth within 14 laps i mean that's you know that's that's very commendable. You have to say, like, you, you know, obviously he's got a quicker car, but you still got to get past all these lads, and he did it in some style as well. Yeah, yeah, I think um, it it was interesting to see the difference. And Hamilton then was a bit slower getting through it, so don't know. Maybe he was just babying his tires a bit because he definitely had a bit of pace um, come the end of the race. But look, at the end of the day, it, you know these guys are all top of the top of the charts when it comes to race, and even the. You know, even the the bad guys are are champions all the way up through the through the series. So there's no real bad drivers in 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 F1. Um, so when you see someone like Verstappen just carving through like that, it's it's the car. At the end, I was look, Hamilton. He's driving it too. More than Hamilton has been the last few years, but um, it just shows the pace advantage that that car and driver combo with the car particularly has to be able to do that um so quickly and at the start and and. Being fair, reasonably careful with it too. You know, he wasn't gung ho on it because he knew he had that pace in his pocket. So, um, it's it's it just points towards the superiority of the Red Bull, really. I think as much as anything else. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I believe uh, the sound might be intermittent. Uh, apologies if that's the case going across on uh, on Facebook, YouTube and on Twitter. It's probably because we're trying to run two separate streams because we're live on Instagram as well and our upload speed here isn't hectic. Uh, a former sponsor of Ferrari and indeed of McLaren is due here in the next couple of weeks to perform a bit of a, an upgrade in that uh, aspect of our broadcasting and that is fibre underground. We're in a rural enough area here and our upload speed doesn't be hectic at times so we might have to call it a day on, on Instagram very very short but we'll keep with it for a moment. Um, Barry I know you were saying it's intermittent on your end as well. Uh, you're still getting me there yeah? It's like R2 D2 from Star Wars. What we're going to do is we're going to say goodbye to our listeners and viewers on um on Instagram and uh we'll just go on Facebook, YouTube, and on Twitter. If you want to join us over there, and thanks to everyone for tuning in on the gram. And we'll get that across onto our page and share it with our Monza review. That's her done and dusted. Now, is that a bit better, Barry? Yeah, you were sounding like R2-D2 off Star Wars there. I don't know whether it was just me, because unfortunately I'm obviously on a mobile connection where I am at the moment. But uh, You yeah, know what, that's, just, that's, that's a compliment. Was, it was a bit though. of a chore. I've been told I've sounded like a lot of things worse than R2-D2 from Star Wars, let me tell you. So uh, we'll, we'll take that. We got we got nine minutes of a spin <laughs> out on the Instagram stream. We weren't we weren't going too bad in that aspect either. I don't know what's happened poor Origi. But uh, you know what, before, before he joins us, uh, oh, hold on, there's a message coming in here. The message coming in. I wonder, is he about to join us here? Do we have him at the 11th hour? Are you on? Yes, we are, Richie. Yes, we are. Are you not tuning in, boss? Are you not tuning in? <laughs> I'll send him a message. Let's see if we can get him back, get him back on board here. Um, yeah, anyway, so I've, I've just touched on a couple of those things. Uh, apologies if everyone else thought I sound like R2D2 as well. But it could be just me, though. I'm not sure. It might be just my end, to be fair. Yeah, okay, I'm going to, uh, do you know what, I'll, I'll blame you on you, I'll blame you on you, just because I'm jealous Why that you're over in Spain and it's pissing rain as I look out through this window here <laughs> in downtown Collection, and I'm going to say Collection County Carlos as we get into politics, because some people think it's a leash. Anyway, so, um, Hamilton, his early start wasn't as fruitful, I suppose, as um, as maybe Science or, or Verstappen, I know he was down a good bit as well. Before I get to that question, I do believe we have movement backstage, I wonder is he ready to come live on air? How are you getting on, Mr Carney? Lad, so are we? Sorry, a little bit technical difficulty on my side, but oh, sorry, good man, Richie. Good man, I'm just going to adjust the, the screen now. There we go, the three amigos again. Um, Rich, what did you make of it all? A general synopsis, me and Barry have just been touching on a couple of things there. Uh, we, we underwhelming was the term I said. Um, that was all right, it was mundane enough, in fairness. Well, I was new, Max was going to come through. Um, Straightforward enough until the end, Ari. Sort of big talking points to come to towards the end of the race. Um, we'll probably touch on it, but standard enough race. Not a bad race. Typical Monza. It's okay. Should we just go straight into that altogether and bypass? I think we should. It's, it's what people come to see and come to hear and come to listen to. The actual controversy, I suppose, at the end. Well, first thing to know is in our little WhatsApp group, we put a little gif from the office where they're celebrating. Because I saw the yellow flag come out, I saw the car block on the track. I'm no expert on these situations. You guys would know more about it than I would. But I thought, uh, right, safety car are going to bunch up, maybe be enough time, minimum first thought. Second thought, okay, this is not like changing overly quickly. It's dangerous for the marshals, even to get a cherry picker out. 
should they not stop the race? So that's my first question, Richie. I'll put it straight to you. Should they have stopped the race? And let's take our our uh, our Ferrari bias out of this a little bit, and I suppose our our neutral excitement uh, factor. Should they plain and simple have stopped this? Um, from a fan's point of view, yeah, they should have stopped it and, and give us a bit of a thriller finish. But going back on previous things that have happened, and we won't go into that. We know we all know what we're talking about. I suppose to the letter of the law, they probably finished out the race the way the rules state they should have finished it out. Um, but like I say, putting my fans hat back on me, yeah, they should have red flagged it and gave us a two, three lap shooter at the end. Mm-hmm. Barry? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly as Richie says, you know, it depends what hat you want to wear. Um, but even if you put the kind of just the official done black and white hat, boring hat, if you like, on, there, there, isn't a, there has been a discussion with the teams and the FIA and race directors past and present that where possible they'll race to a finish and they've all agreed to that and um, even um, Horner from Red Bull who was the team that could only lose in that situation was perplexed as why that didn't happen today at Monza which I think tells you all you need to know in terms of you know the appetite for it Um, so yeah, nobody wants to see a race finish under safety car. Um, a lot of other classes, I know if you race in America, they've got what they call the, 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 the it's this green, green, white checkered, which basically means that, I, a little bit complicated, but ultimately what it means is they never finish under a yellow flag. They'll always get at least one racing lap in at the end, even if they have to add a bit of lap time to it. Um, in other classes, looks like sort of touring car racing around the world, British touring cars for sure they have a facility whereby they can add the first, I think it's three or maybe five safety car laps. So if it's a 20 lap race, the first three safety car laps, if it is three, it might even be five. But let's say the first three safety car laps don't count. So it becomes effectively a 23 lap race and everyone just feels accordingly. Um, so it's not unheard of for people this sort of system in place that what we've seen today not to happen. Um, F1 doesn't really have a particular set of rules to handle it, other than what we thought was an agreement, as Horner said. Um, but yeah, I think there was absolutely the opportunity to, to red flag it. Um, and I might have even had to do that, because the, the big mistake they made was they picked up the wrong car under the safety car. The safety car, you know, they can they can put they put flags out. So when you see a thing saying safety car is out, or they're coming on the screen, that doesn't mean the safety car is physically on the track at that second. What it means is, is that the safety car boards are being shown. The safety car is coming out. And once the safety car boards appear at the marks post all the way around the track, you're under safety car conditions. And then the safety car joins the track at the appropriate time. In theory, where possible, not always possible, but where possible in front of the leader. It came out in front of Russell today, which meant that they had to do a whole lap or more of tidying up before, before they could get it going again. Plus the lad stopping for the pit stops added another 30-odd seconds to that. So, yeah, I think I think that by their own by their own not rules but by their own agreement they made it they, they made the wrong call and they and they could have they numerous options which they didn't take um and that just so happens to be probably what the fans wanted to see too um you know even the even the um the neutrals that I consider myself you know I just want to see a race I don't really care who wins. And that that rich. I'm just like Barry was saying there I suppose. The safety car coming out and not picking up on the lead car, like that, that's the first bit of a boo-boo in, in the whole system. Um, 
you know, as Barry said, when when the marshal when the safety car boards come out, you're automatically under safety car conditions. You know, as as said, the car doesn't have to be safety car doesn't have to be on circuit, but you're under safety car rules. And I couldn't see why the very minute the safety car realised he picked up the wrong car, that he he couldn't just wave those guys through. They still have to make their way around under safety car conditions. Like he he would have known Max was who he, he had to pick up. So like, can he not wave those cars through until Max? gets behind him like as quick as possible to try speed up the show. Should be. It should be. I mean, it's not the safety car driver's call, obviously, but ultimately that is what could have happened, you know, in that scenario where they got it wrong and picked up the wrong car. Um maybe the pit stops the fact that both Verstappen and Leclerc stopped anyway. Might have you know added a little bit to it, but look, the amount of data and technology these guys have, it could be possible to work around that and then when it appeared that it wasn't working out um a red flag it's the easiest thing in the world you literally press a button and and and, and it's a restart um and i don't know at the same time then the people that were given out about Abu Dhabi last year would be given out there probably the same people given out that we didn't get a red flag today like so or a safety car manipulation so it's it's hard to know so you know i, I think give us a race as much as possible but if you're if you're not a neutral and you've got one team one, one hat on more than the other, your opinion will probably change depending on the, the circumstances. I think they should race wherever possible and should never finish under safety car unless they absolutely have to and they didn't have to do that today. I think the marshals deserve a bit of credit, Richie, because they're still beside the car and they're like, Well, not much more I can do here, lads. I'm not gonna put myself in danger. I'm not gonna start pushing it down to the next junction. And for once, you know, we often go to lads for not doing something. I'd actually go out to them for doing literally nothing, which is what they did. Stood beside the car, waiting until the cherry picker came for it, which was the right thing to do. Um, yes, people would be saying, why didn't they try moving and we get the race going? Because lads warming tyres, and we've seen it already this year a few times where lads are trying to warm tyres and lost control of the car. So I think the marshals deserve a bit of credit. Now, are you in the same boat as me with that one? To be fair, and if you look back at it, the marshals did try their best to move the car when you see it. Ricardo, Ricardo left the car in gear. Um, you can you can see them physically trying to push the car. They're getting all good over it, so they're standing behind it, behind the car, uh, hopefully for a bit of safety. So listen, total kudos to the marshals. They've done they're, they've done everything that they could do. At, you know they were forced away on the cherry picker then. So like like fair play to them. They they put themselves in the in the line of of extreme danger there stepping out onto a live circuit let it be under safety car conditions doesn't really matter but they did they had done their best to try move that car back to the opening in the arm call um unfortunately the car was left in gear which is not their fault mm-hmm. and their italian marsh can be sure they wanted to get that car off the track pretty quick you know they might be might be wearing orange but i'm sure there's <laughs> red underneath so i'd say there's uh there's, yeah, they would have done their best to, to get the local hero into the best situation possible but yeah, it's likely that, you know, the car was left in gear or something. Um, you know, it's these cars got even my own race car, there's a lever inside the car that you pull back, which is actually it's not very technical, but it, it's it's a it's a secondary cable that pulls the clutch pedal down because it's a paddle shift car and you can't get it back down the gears like an F one car. It won't just go in, down the gears without a bit of movement to allow it to slot mechanically from one gear to the next. So in the F one cars that's a button that, that selects neutral. So either Ricardo was supposed to leave in a neutral and didn't. Um, the marshals should be trained on how to hit that button and select neutral so they can push it. Or there could have been a mechanical issue that just, you know, something was 
something was connected that shouldn't be and the car was locked out and no, nobody could do anything about it. I'm not sure, but you can be sure if they could have moved it, they would have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I play your last point is more valid, Barry, because he did pull over with a mechanical failure. So something, obviously, you know, I'd say the marshal that they are obviously all trained in how to move and how, but then unforeseen circumstances like today, it's something stuck where it shouldn't have. And like, to, like I said, to be fair, they did try and move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it got stuck between two gears or something. So literally, something, something guys said to happen now, right? So I was trying to upload this, uh, this graphic that. Well, why is another WhatsApp group I'm in with one um, put up there yesterday? And it was in relation to previous um, people that had come on board over the last few years and what happened to them. And I'll actually just turn the phone now in a second and, and I'll show you. I'm also using the phone here for results because I tried to upload it directly through the interface and haven't done that. I'm after getting that horrible Google Chrome not responding message and it says close the program, which means you might lose the window. So uh, we're at a bit of a crossroads here, lads, at the moment. But what I'll do is I'll go through the standings first, because once I have that done, I can let the phone off the, the charge lead here. But Verstappen obviously takes the win. Leclerc second, Russell third, Sainz fourth, Hamlin fifth, Perez sixth, Norris seventh, Gasly eighth, De Vries. We have to have a chat about this man. Ninth, fabulous ninth. Uh, Guan Yu Zhou was ten, and then uh, I'm not going any further than ten. So... What do you make of Mr. DeVries before I go any further? Because I thought it was phenomenal going, in fairness, for a lad to step in at the 11th hour yesterday. Yeah, from having a cup of coffee in the Mercedes um, luxury tent or whatever you want to call it, to being getting the call to get down to Williams as quick as possible, you're getting a seat fit and you're going racing. Um, serious achievement. I mean, you know, we started being following him in the... Peter Series to Formula 1, the F2 and that, and then on and won the Formula E, which I, I don't give much credit to that championship at all, to be honest with you. Um, you know, it's hard to... There's so many young fellas coming through that are going to be the next Schumacher and they're going to be the next Max and the next Lewis, and it's hard to see it, but Jesus, this guy today, sort of, he really put his best foot forward, you know, and <laughs> I think he's after putting the final nail in Latifi's coffin with his um, performance today. I think we'll see him full-time in the Williams next season, I'd imagine. That, um, what do you call it? That Mercedes luxury tent. A lot of people would have been glad of that electric picnic last week, let me tell you. And I <laughs> wouldn't mind it today or below on Wexford either. Um, but uh, yeah, no, fantastic stuff. Is he going to make a big breakthrough, do you think, Barry, in the next few years? Is, is, this, a, is this a guy we're going to be looking at, you know, as a regular uh, podium placer, yeah? I think so. He comes highly regarded. I mean, a buddy of mine used to work in Mercedes F1 and told me when he was doing, when the priest was doing simulator work there, he was always highly thought of. Um, you know, for that speed and kind of feedback and development and stuff in the simulator, which is frighteningly close to real world these days. But um, look, he's you know he he definitely has shown today that he you know throw him in the deep end and he and he swam. You know, not only did he sort did he just tread water, he, he swam forward too. You know, so he's he 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 completely put Latifi away. Um, he would have been probably even quicker again in qualifying only for a lack of familiarity on the buttons maybe he made a brake bias adjustment in qualifying that he didn't mean to do and locked up the rears coming into the second chicane so he probably would have been even starting higher up the grid if anything um and the team will know that and know what that what what was in his pocket there as such um but yeah he's done all he can i mean you know that's that's as good a job application you're ever going to get in f1 um he he was assigned to three teams if you think about it this weekend. That's he was, smart as well. You know, um, yeah, he was with with Mercedes. 
he drove the Aston Martin and then he jumped into the to the Williams at the last minute um, to, to qualify and race. So he, he can't do any more than that. The unfortunate thing is, like, you know, F1 is not just about driving, it's business and all sorts of other angles on it too. But from a driving point of view, he can't be faulted. Um, you know, he's he's a little bit older than, than most drivers are coming into F1. He's 27, I believe, which is hardly old, but compared to your Norris's and Verstappen's and such of lately, it's a bit older, but maybe that's no harm. You know, he handled it very well today. As Richie said, he's the first Dutch world champion in motor racing uh, by, by winning the Formula E championship ahead of Verstappen winning the Formula 1. So he has the credentials. He has an F2 championship in his pocket. He's done a bit of sports car stuff um, and he's got points on his F1 debut. What else you need to do to get a drive? I don't know. Um, other than the commercial considerations, which hopefully are becoming less of a thing with budget caps and such. I'll tell you why I liked about him, lads. The way he spoke yesterday. I didn't hear him after the race now today, but uh, very measured. Do you know what I mean? Very very calculated. Um, some people might say very boring if they're listening to it regularly, but, you know, it was an awkward enough thing to come in at the 11th hour. Uh, the way he spoke about Alvin and the circumstances he went and all, you know, he just seems to have his head screwed on. He seems pretty focused, which is, which is a good thing going forward. Now, in time, I suppose, like all of them, um, when an opportunity occurs, you want to see him in a situation where, you know, there's a bit of explaining to do afterwards and then see what, what he's made of. Because to be honest with you, like, maybe I'm a bit harsh to saying this, a lot of them are whingy enough, aren't they, at the best time. So uh, there's very few that are just like, all right, lads, they're all kind of pampered a little bit, I find. Maybe it's just me being old school now, but am I a bit, am I a bit of a, a cynic in saying that, Barry? No, I think you're right. I mean... I'll be honest, I brought a book with me here to the, to the holidays, Max Verstappen biography now, you know, War and Peace, it ain't like it's all right, there's a few, it's, you know, it's it's not too bad, like, but there's not a lot going on in these lads' life other than racing, um, you know, and okay, who can write a biography about whatever he is, 24 or five year old, but it's just, there's nothing personal in it, it's just racing, 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 and that's a reflection of what these guys' lives are, you know, they're, you know, there's no cool stories anymore of throwing a, a Formula 4 in the back of a transit and living like a gypsy around Europe and trying to make, make race meetings off, you know, with, with a fiver in your pocket, like them days are gone. Um, they are very molded. They are very corporate. Um, they're terrified of saying anything. So I think that's just what you get. They're probably all lunatics when you turn the camera off. They quite kind of have to be, but um, I've had a few encounters with F1 guys all over the years, past and present, like from a distance mostly, but, yeah, they're not as clean cut as they might appear on the TV on a Sunday, but that's just what they, they the the world they live in now. And yeah, he is probably a, a little bit calm, calculated, saying all the right things, but that's what's required, unfortunately. You know, they're not the James. The, 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 they can be still James Hunts and the evenings out, but on the Sunday when Sky Sports camera turns on to them, they have to be something else, and that's probably what you're seeing more than anything else. Um, mm -hmm. but the other thing to bear in mind is that. No matter how good a result he did do today, they, you know it was a good track for the Williams. The Monza was always going to be Williams's one of Williams's better tractors. It's a slippy car, force compared to the others, and it's not draggy. Um, but like always, you compare it to his teammate, and he destroyed Latifi yesterday and today. Um, and, you know, that's that's the measurement. And at the end of the day, he's he, he's. It's Latifi's job he's looking for. So, if Latifi's still in there next year, you know it was uh, it was money over talent, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Uh, the standings now: um, Max three three five, 
Leclerc 219, Perez 210, Russell 203, Science 187. Constructors as follows. Uh, you've got Red Bull on 545, Ferrari on 406, McLaren on 371. I was just saying, Richie, before you started, like we really could have done with Leclerc obviously winning it to bring a bit of life back into the championship. Now, mathematically, in Singapore, Max can wrap it up already, which is ridiculously early, like. Yeah, and I'd say it's going to happen too, to be honest. Um, as we're probably talking about while years were waiting on me, but like you can't really blame Ferrari's strategy today. I wouldn't blame him for bringing in Leclerc early for once. I'm not giving out about a stupid strategy or something wrong they've done in the race. Um, they just don't have a race car to match Red Bull. It's as simple as that, in my view. They have a one-lap race car. But they just they don't have the complete package that Red Bull has. Red Bull has it over one lap. They have it over race distance. It's just it's it's just a car and driver a step above everything else that's there. Yeah, I think Leclerc will win another race before the year is out. But I would not be one bit surprised if it's done and dusted by Sunday evening in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's on the bucket list as well, Matt. Uh, Matt order. Um, the photo that I was going to show you, lads. Right, I'm going to have to do with the the alternative way here. And we'll go this route, but it's the, the Monza curse. So we'll try where's my webcam? There we go. The Monza curse. So what's basically after happening to people uh following on the next year? And it's after emerging pretty accurately because poor old Daniel Ricardo, you know what I mean? Saying crack like it's some of these things are a bit weird, aren't they? The way they transpire. And you'd have we spoke about conspiracy theories last week. Uh are we superstitious? That's are we superstitious? I don't think so in particular. But, uh, anyway, before I move on to a couple of other bits and bobs before we finish up, the the Ferrari yellow was great to see, wasn't it? And I was only listening to Martin Ronald yesterday talk about the meaning of that and I suppose the other teams and, and the colours that they had chosen once upon a time and the reasons for it and stuff. Uh, very, very, very interesting in fairness. Uh, is it a race suit that we'd see you buys in? Have you ever worn that in shiny yellow like that? I was actually going to knock the yellow race suits. Let's see the colour of Barry's T-shirt. No, they were lovely race suits. <laughs> yellow is just the perfect colour for any race suit. I'll be getting a shorty bitchy for me, CRX. So, yeah, that's what you say. I'm a yellow race car. I'll be getting a yellow race suit to match. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Ah, no, I like them. I, I think they were, they were just a touch... Two yellow, maybe, but oh, I like them. Um, maybe the yellow race suits, but leave them with their leave them with their own race helmets. I thought the yellow helmets were a little bit. They were like little yellow postmen or something. Yeah, I was going to say like like a few Lara Corbett, so that would be totally wasted on Barry Rabbit and probably a lot of our yeah, just... as well. But uh, Richie, Richie would get it straight away. Um, have we anything else to cover on Monza before I move across to no, other matters? No, no. Not on Monza, Kev, but just an interesting little one. You mentioned the the, the colours um, relating to cars um, and where they came from. And, of course, the red being the Italian colours that the, the teams used to race for back in the years. And have you heard of British racing green by any chance, Kevin? He, he mentioned it yesterday, yeah. Brundle mentioned it. Right. Do you know where it came from? The, the green bit, that is. In lightness. All right. So, so being it's the not Irish... No, I don't want to know. You're the experts here, not me. I want to hear the odd lemons. You made the lemonade. <laughs> so here's the... Enlightening bass. It's the, it's the Irish F1 show, yeah? We're talking about British racing green, so there must be a connection. 
So basically, in 1903, I think, I'm going to get the anorak now, one second. In 1903, there was the Gordon, ben- the, the Gordon Bennett was a big, pre, pre-F1 and Grand Prix racing, the Gordon Bennett was a big trophy. Um, it's actually a saying you'll hear. We have the race here yeah. yeah, well, they had it in, in 1902. Whoever, it's like the Eurovision, whoever won it had to host it the next year. So I believe in 1902, um, England, Britain, whatever you want to call it, won it. But they weren't allowed it was this 12 mile an hour speed limit on the island of England, let's say, or Great Britain for, for all cars. So racing wasn't possible. So they held it in Ireland, which was under British rule at the time, of course, 1903. And as a thank you to the Irish for hosting the race, all the English competitors painted their cars green. Hence British racing green. There you go. Nice one. Yeah. I can bore you further with the Mercedes one, which was Mercedes used to be white. And they went to apply for a race at the Nürburgring and they had a maximum weight at then days, not a minimum weight. And the cars were too heavy and um, exceeded the maximum weight. And they had they took the cars back to a shed, not near 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 to the track, and stripped it of its lead-based silver paint, which was enough to bring it under the weight. And it went on to win the race in its silver aluminium colours, hence the silver arrows. And that's where Mercedes gets the name from to this day. They would have originally raced under weight like your German football team, which I believe I seen once, once years ago, win a football match and they were all white. So there you are now. Sufficiently boring. You to put someone must have told you about. Yeah, someone must have told me about it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what sport, Barry, outside of motorsport, just in general, is there any other sport in interest? Me? He loves tennis. Yeah. I've played tennis the odd time. That'd be <laughs> yeah, that'd be is there other sports? Didn't think so. <laughs> what was it? What was it? I think I played a game of pool against him once. Yeah, that was very tired of it. Yeah. What it was it? There's only two. There's only two sports: bullfighting and car racing. Everything else is but a game. <laughs> I like that one. I like that one, Richie. Um, I suppose we have to address the elephant in the room. And unfortunately, things didn't work out for you. You couldn't get going the weekend. So. Uh, I didn't really want to be saying hard luck to you, but it hasn't worked out well uh, in terms of the, the Formula Shanes. Um, do you want to give us a little bit of a, an insight into how it didn't happen? Or is it as simple as just saying you weren't healed right on time? Uh, basically, listen, I had myself convinced I was going to be able to turn up and race. Um, realistically, I'm two weeks from the accident and probably a lot of people know that. I was involved in an accident in Kirkistown and hurt me foot. And, but a lot of people wouldn't know the extent of the injury. You know, I can sort of say it now because I'm finished racing for the season. But like if I broke three metatarsal bones in my foot, which is, you know, six, eight months or whatever, six, eight weeks or three, four, five months recovery time. And I was hoping to get back going in two weeks, which is pretty stupid when you think about it. But um, I'd done a bit too much going on the Thursday and the Friday giving me that hand, getting the car prepared and getting it ready. We brought it to Mandela Friday. And of course, right, they're trying on different type of race boots and trying different things, Barry, you know, and just see if I could get my foot to work in the car. And I um, I was still confident enough Friday evening that coming home that I might, might sneak this one, but got up Saturday morning and the big compression boot that they gave me in hospital, like it, it goes in notches. Mm-hmm. So like, on Saturday morning, when I went to put my boot back on to go to Mandela, like I had to put four notches back, which means my foot had swollen four notches more overnight. So I effectively drove myself back three, four days in recovery over the 
course of a night. So decision had to be made Saturday morning, rang me dad, spoke to Pam about it and listen. I didn't feel they were right. I still wanted to go and try to do it, but it started to put to me, listen, do you want to be sitting there in nine months' time still on crutches looking at a trophy or do you want to be sitting there in nine months' time with a second-place trophy and we'll be planning on how you're going to win it next season, but you'll be perfectly healthy or not. Maybe end up with a permanent limp or something. So, I mean, common sense prevailed, luckily enough. I, I listened to him and I decided, listen, just going to have to pull the pin on this and just swallow it and, and take it and, and come back stronger and a lot harder next season. Sure, and In fairness, Barry, you would try it in there, wouldn't you, like? <laughs> oh, you'd have to try it. I mean, you know, because I, I knew when I seen Richie not on the grid, there was, you know, it wasn't because he says, oh, it's a little bit sore. Like, that wasn't going to be the issue. It was either going to be, it's going to work or it's not. So, um, you know, Richie Richie be well able to grin and bear it and the adrenaline does wonders. But if you, if if he's if he's gone back that far over the course of, the, you know, a night, it just shows how, you know, how difficult it would have been. And, you know, the thing about it is, you think you're just sitting in a car pressing a pressing a throttle pedal. It's a very, very violent environment sitting in a race car, especially one like Richie races a single-seater. Um, there's a lot of... There's, people don't understand just how violent it is just to sit in one, never mind operate one. Um, so, you know, while it surprised me to see him not in the grid, it, you know, it didn't surprise me at the same time because, uh, you know... Unfortunately, I've, I've I've been in a similar situation. I broke my foot, but luckily I was racing a saloon car, um, and I was able to race it. But it's it's a much less violent environment than what Richie would have had to subject himself to. So, yeah, a pity, but he's won enough anyway. Don't mind him; he'll be grand. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. I have a mission now, a real real mission. Um, just even like just to touch on it before. I don't want to dwell on it too much longer because it does hurt, and I am still very sick of it. But like, um. Uh, like I went from on Friday being able to like stand on my own two feet and take little baby steps without the crutches to Saturday morning not being like to, to even to try get my co- the compression boot on my foot like was like nah I just I knew but I just didn't want to concede so listen I had to concede we are where we are I, I finished second I won nine out of twelve races with pole and fastest lap in each I can't really complain too much I ended up with second in the championship after being disqualified from two rounds and not taking part in two rounds so, and uh, a DNF in one other round, hence 9 out of 12. So, listen, I can't complain. I Look, obviously, I was down in the dumps yesterday. Last night was a long night. Um, today's a new day. Watch Formula 1. Listen, Alex Albon is held up in hospital over something. So, look, it happens at all levels. So, I mean, what can you do? We'll just concentrate on next season now. Try to go win it. I, I look, and I wanted to say, say the bigger picture is, you know, and there, there's two lads that we were playing football with that are no longer with us because of accidents as well. Um, you know what I mean? Nothing obviously to do with, with the sport that, that we were playing being football, but they're no longer with us. Like, you know what I mean? There's a bigger picture at play here as well. And, uh, you know, you're back, you're back at it stronger next year. And in fairness, I suppose, you have to commend, uh, was it was it Keenan that won it in the end? Like, he kept himself in the hunt, even though you were a dominant man this year. He kept himself in the hunt to put himself into that position, didn't he? I, I know you're hurting over it, but still credit. No, I did. Yeah. No, I did. And listen, I, I have to give great credit to Mark because in the first race, he had gearbox trouble and he ended up finishing third. And believe it or not, if he had to finish in fourth, I'd have won the championship. So, I mean, he stuck it oh, in there. Hard. He had, a gearbox, he had a, big, a gearbox problem in race one and he ended up stuck in gear or something like that. He, he got to finish in third. 
and a couple of guys gave him a help out and a dig out and got him out and he won the second race comfortably enough but like as you say those are the little margin margins you're dealing with and um listen we'll move on from it but just before i go i just i'd like to take this opportunity to thank me dad chris soy pamela the bullet all the team that you know did not once in the last two weeks did any of them say to me no you're not going no you're not doing it when realistically that's what they wanted to tell me that they backed me up all the way and stayed with me till the 11th hour so i just yeah. i'd like to thank them for a great season as well team effort well, team effort uh richie the mad thing was there i remember you telling me a story before when you said about the, the vocal going out for not just remember when you came back to training after one christmas after all the food and drink you said development of four notches. So I was just getting confused with that story for a second. It was the compression about your condo, yeah? <laughs> just, just to terrify. I oh, know, only joking, only joking. Listen, Barry, you go back to your holiday. There's plenty of porter to be drank. Richie, no doubt you'll have a pint or two this evening as well. I'm going back around to get saturated and pissed on for the second or third time today. Um, And that's the choice of it. What else would you be at? I want to thank PFT Travel. I want to thank Rapco. I want to thank you 2 boys. And hopefully the championship goes on beyond Singapore. But until then, take care. Thanks, lads. Mind yourselves. Take care. Bye-bye. Good luck. Bye.